You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas, and I'm so excited because, oh, a few things. A few years ago when I moved to New York City, I heard about this theater called The Public. Hamilton was there, tried to do the lottery for, I don't know, maybe 15 times, could not get in. And since that theater has such amazing works, like it is it's really a New York staple. If Obviously, if you live there, you know what the public is. And if you don't live in New York City, the public is, it's the top of the food chain. So I heard about this show and it's spelled C-U-L-L-A-D, the second word, W-A-T-T-A-H. And I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, what is this? What is, what is Kulad Wata? He was like, it sounds like colored water. And it was like, huh, huh, you might be onto something. I'll let, I'm going to go see it and I'll let you know what it is. And I did go see it and it is about colored water, about the Flint. It's about Flint. Oh my goodness. And I'm so excited because I got to see the show. It's amazing. And today I'm sitting down with two of the stars from the show. They play sisters. We have Alicia Pilgrim who plays Plum and we've got Loren F. Walker playing Reese. You guys help me welcome them. Welcome to the show, you ladies. Hello. How are you, you both? Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to talk to both of you guys. You look so beautiful. I just saw you guys perform last weekend. The show is amazing. Tell me about your your process. Like, how did the show come into your life? When did it come into your life? And how did you make it mean? Obviously, when we talk about the Flint water crisis, we all know in America, like, this is important. This isn't, well, maybe not everybody knows that. But we know that this is an important topic. But to 
bring it to life on stage. How did you as the actors make it mean something to you to bring it to life? I know I just asked you 10 million questions. So, <laughs> so I was in a play and um, it was like a rap show. Kate went, Kate, Kate Murray went, she came back to purchase and she saw a show and I was playing a six-year-old. And she was like, oh, I, like, come in. We're doing um, auditions for Color Water. And so I came in, and I'm still, like, in school. I'm preparing for a showcase. And I came in, and I was auditioning during the process. And this was in 20, this was in 2020, yeah. And, um, and I was auditioning, and then my final callback was the day of my New York, um, New York showcase. And then I found out, like, the next two days, the next two days, and I found out that I, I got the part, and I was overjoyed. And then, uh, and then the shutdown happened, and they had to reschedule, of course. And then, um, but we kept in contact, and they told me I still had the role. And I think to answer your, your other question about the, how do we make it personal to us, me and Lo are both from DC and there's there were lead there was lead in um, our water. I think it still may even be lead in our water in DC. Or the water is just not safe to drink, period. I mean not have lead still, but it's just not safe to drink. And I think that it's it's not even not only is it the fact that it it was close to home or it is at home for us, it's just the simple fact that that is our duty as artists is to make sure that we 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 invoke change in the audience, and I think that I, I don't know. I think that is who are we not to like make sure that people feel that? Who are we not to make sure that there's change? And I think that's that's definitely the reason why I started doing acting. Well, I started taking it seriously was because of the fact that um, how powerful it is, how in, in other countries it was illegal or you had to have a song put in the play or, you know, little things like that where higher ups were afraid of theater. So I definitely feel that it is our duty. And thank you to Erica and Candace um, for leading that. Um, Erica and Candace, they're who? Erica Dickerson Dispenza is the playwright. All right. And Candace C. Jones is the lovely director. Okay. That's also from D.C. Do they happen to be black? I was just wondering. I'm yes, they are black. I'm like this beautiful black cast. I'm like, I'm curious as to what the creative team looks like. It feels like it's fam. Loren, you got something on your heart? Come yes, through. That is one of the most exciting things and liberating, quite honestly. That is one of the most exciting things about this process is the writer is black. <laughs> the director is black. The cast is black. The choreographer and assistant choreographer are black. Um, and what's even more beautiful is that they fight for us and they fought for this story and they fought to maintain the integrity of it. Um, so definitely a, a shout out to Erica and to Candice, um, Ade and Jill, who are the choreographer and assistant choreographer of this production. Um, Love that. This, you know, this production came into my life um, in September. I was in Europe doing an artist residency and I got this audition. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, returning back to the U.S. And the next week I had to, I had this audition and it was an in-person audition. Now, originally 
I was auditioning for an understudy role for um, Marion and Amy. I was like, okay. And I was about to, you know, I was, there was a day that, and that was actually a self-tape. It was a day that that self-tape was due. And they were like, hold up, <laughs> wait, don't send the self-tape. We have something else we want to offer. We let, Let's wait and see. So a few days later, they sent me a, an in-person audition for Reese. So I go in. And I'm prepared, honey. Look, I did my research. All right. I said, look, if it's gonna be in person at the public, I'm gonna make sure it's right, okay? Exactly, right? Exactly. You know, we're not gonna step crazy. You feel me? Come (laughs) on. Um, and you know, usually when actors do auditions, we we get a little nervous, we get like anxious and all these things, and all these, you know, thoughts start to come up. But something that helped me maintain a sense of calm in this audition process was staying true to the story and what my character needed in that moment. Um, Because this play is based on real events that are still happening, there's a sense of groundedness that that gives because it helps you remember that this story isn't about you as the actor. It's not about how people see you or what people think of you. It is truly about telling the story um, Mm. and fighting for what this character needs and putting whatever Mm. sort of spiritual, genuine energy that you can to help push the universe into a better place with with this art. So I went in there with that. And ironically enough, Alicia was my reader. Was she? You were the reader. Yeah. In there, Lo came in there. Not she wanted everybody. Okay, she came in there with no cut cards, not playing, not a single game. She came in there committed. My girl came in there committed. Committed. Wow. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Yes. Were you already cast, um, Alicia? Were you? Oh. She got cast Wait. in twenty twenty. Oh, I see. I'm understanding now. Yes. And you, and you came in as the reader. That's very interesting. I bet that was also a learning experience. I've never done that before. That was my first time. That was my first time. I was like, so I don't know how much I'm supposed to give, but right. I'm going to give because Lo's here and we're going to make this work because she came in here and she brought right. it all out. But as actors, I'm an actor too. I it, it's important, like when your reader knows what's up. It's like, oh, okay, okay. Versus, it's the wrong gender, the wrong color, the wrong everything, and you're like talking to a wall. It's like, oh man, it makes all the difference. It makes a difference, and you guys clearly have so much chemistry watching you on stage. And you know, I, the day after I saw the show. I moved to DC. That's where we're from. I'm, I know. So I'm here in DC right now. And Alicia, while you were talking about the water, my boyfriend has been drinking the freaking tap water. Is he, and I, and here's the thing. Usually I would follow suit, but because New York, you can drink out of the faucet. It's like, it's okay. I think you can do the same thing in Oregon. But after seeing your show, I was like, mm, I'm gonna take a break from the tap water for a minute. That's, you know, that's something that you that we all really need to consider. And not as a judgment of like, ooh, you know, I don't drink out of the tap. But the truth is this problem in Flint is a problem all over the United States. 
90% of the pipes um, in the U.S. are made of lead. The difference between maybe pipes in New York and pipes in Flint, Michigan, are the water that is flowing through them. So the reason why Flint's water um, is poisonous is because, um, I want to say in 2014, the government switched from Detroit water, which is a clean, softer water, um, to to uh, Flint, Michigan, to the to Flint River water. Now, Flint's river water is corrosive because of years and decades of sewage being dumped in there from uh, manufacturing companies. All these huge companies have been dumping into the river, and all these toxic metals have been in it. Now, when that water flowed through these lead pipes, it made like a um, a flaking effect. So it's almost as if there were there was chip paint on the wall. Imagine your hand brushing that paint. Once that paint starts flaking, it never stops until you change the wall, the paint, everything. Wow. So even even though they switch from Flint River water back to Detroit, the 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 pipes are still corroded. They're still flaking. So, I mean, and it even goes to say, it doesn't matter if the city replaces the street pipes. If the pipes in the homes and residences are not replaced, then the problem still remains. So oh. that back to the water specialist that these people have been sitting on their ass. Not, sorry, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss or anything, but not, they're not, they're not, they, they let that pass through. And that's every time it is explained again and again to me, I'm like, these they let it go and they didn't say anything. And these scientists that know that once you mix hard water with soft water, you know, it that it's, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be hard water. And they didn't, they didn't even, and it's a thing. And when you think about it and you go all the way down to the root of it, it's money. It's money. It's money. It's That's the reason why they didn't change it is, oh, well. Well, GM, they, they have money, so we're gonna allow you know, we're gonna change their water and we're gonna change their pipes. And even now I think they changed the pipes, but they didn't even like it's available for people to get pipes changed, but it's all up to like the landlords and you know, who else runs above the the, the property managers if they have the money. You know, all of this it goes into economy based oh. in Flint, Michigan, these people are low income based families. Like they don't they don't have the money to be doing that. One of the things from the show, and I hope I'm I hope I'm not giving too much away, but it makes me think about real life. When you're a part of a system, I'm thinking about one of the characters who um, she was a part of the system, and she and she knew mm-hmm. she knew that it was poisonous, but she was able to like provide for her family, make good money, take care. It's like, uh, it's what? difficult. It's difficult and so many black women and black people are put in predicaments like that. I mean, yeah. even thinking about my family, you know, they work for corporations and businesses that are cruel, that don't truly care about them. But because that is their source of income, that's how they're, they're able to provide for their family. Unfortunately, it's almost like they're indebted to them. And it's hard to break that cycle. It's hard to break that mental cycle of, you know, I'm not going to allow a corporation who has no um, genuine care or concern for my life and my livelihood to impact my life in such a way. It's hard. That is a um, a cycle of systemic racism. And it's something that we all have to unlearn, you know? It, it, I was thinking about this. 
with the Broadway community. We were talking about this over the summer, all the things with George Floyd was happening. It's like, we're part of this community um, that we love, but also there's a lot of things that are, what do we do? But it's that thing of like, why is it, it's a community that we love, but it's also, where do we get the idea? Where do we get the notion to love this situation, to love Broadway? And that's that thing where it's, deemed as this glorified thing but it, it is it it never catered to us it's so it's so complicated and uh, it's very complicated but the truth hard. is we are the community mm-hmm. that's the truth if you separated the title broadway and just took the community you would still have all the things you love about broadway you would still have the talent you would still have the people Honestly, you may just not have the money, but black people are creative enough. We can find a way to attract that money like nothing. Because without us, without everything that we provide, and I think that's another thing, is sometimes we don't fully understand our worth and what we provide. For so long, we've been taught that in order to be a valid artist, we have to be approved by white institutions, or we have to, you know almost cater to this thing. It's almost been like a badge of honor, like, yeah, I've got this. But yeah. it, it really comes down to artistic integrity. When it really comes down to the why or what matters to you. And I think 2020 had a big impact on people in that way. And it's interesting to see how people have shifted, how corporations and businesses have shifted in this way. And I, you know, I really want to shout out the public because from the very first day, they made sure that their artists, especially as a cast of Black women doing this very difficult play, were taken care of. They made sure of it. They've been providing us with all sorts of physical therapy, mental health therapy. They've been with us every step of the way. And it's really um, refreshing to see institutions that didn't really cater to artists in this way prior, especially black women artists. It's really refreshing to see, to see this. Um, And I'm, I'm excited to see how they continue to shift and change and really lead in this way. Um, speaking of, even though different topic, I do want to shift gears and ask you about your hair designs for the show. Um, <laughs> I know we've got some things going, right? So, um, who wants to go first? Who should I start with? Um, so I just want to say shout out to Lo. She want to be shouting out everybody, but Lo did my hair, the prep for the ball cap. Lo Loren? did hair. Yes. The one on this call right now. Yes. Miss I also braid hair. I have a business called Braids by Lo. Wait a, wait a, wait a minute. You did Alicia's hair. Yes, and I also did my hair. Yes, I braid professionally. Braids by low. Yes. Okay, Loren, your hair is beautiful. It's Thank so you. gorgeous. Are these are these locks? Are they these are twists? twists? Oh, I can't. Okay, twists. But the kind of uh, hair I you girl, I will give you all the tea. Okay, but. Yes, <laughs> these are twists. It looks fantastic, and you did it yourself. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh! And they're not like faux twists. They're like you twist. Nope, I twisted myself, parted it, and everything. Child, arm sore and everything. And parted. <laughs> it's the parting for me when I'm doing my own hair. I'm like, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't see back there. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't have the patience. I'm trying. You know, I've got a whole hair podcast and I still I'm like, Mm-mm, not, I'm not there yet. Um, and you you also you cornrowed her hair, Alicia's yes. hair. 
It looks good. I was wondering what was under the ball. <laughs> I was like, how she get it so flat? That can't be a pin curl moment. Mm-mm, no, no, no. They were trying to get me to do a silk press. And I said, no, <gasps> my hair is not heat trained at all. So it's not going to work. It ain't going to work. Oh, It ain't going to work. But our, thank God, our hair is a, is a black woman. Her name is Erin, but her last name is, is escaping me. She was like, okay, let's try, we'll try the, we'll try the straight bags. And I was like, yeah, because if we went and got my hair flat iron, it didn't, it just didn't work out. You know Aaron what? Lee, I'm, I'm glad Lee that you were. A ton of Broadway um, hair design productions. <laughs> okay. Got it. Uh, I'm sorry. To, um, and I'm so glad that you were able to say like, even though you went and got it and you tried it, you tried it. Um, but I'm glad that you were able to say, you know what? My hair doesn't want to be straightened for this show. It would um, have to be consistently straightened. That's heat damage. Especially if you, there's somebody who's doing my hair that don't know how to do the hair. It ain't going to work. It just wouldn't work. So thank God. What about your curly wig that you put on? She cute. She's, She's a cute girl. She's cute. She's cute. I said, um, what is this? Where did I get this from? But Erin, another black woman. That's our hair. That's our product producer. Our hair, like our hair, our hair designer. Yep. Her name is Erin Neely. Um, and she's worked on a, a ton of productions. She actually just worked on Chicken and Biscuits. Oh my god! She's worked on Broadway for some time. Um, but it, it it's been very refreshing to have a black woman as the hair design person. Because I was like, look, sis, they wanted me to do one style. I was like, Mm-mm. because the truth is, as black women, it you know our hair is very particular. And it's also about sustainability. Like a little press out, blow out would be cute, but baby, that's not sustainable. And I'm not gonna be on the stage looking crazy. So it's about about having a balance of, okay, it's sustainable, it works and it's realistic for the character. It's also most importantly, healthy for my hair. Okay, question. Um, So for your twists, did you go in saying that you wanted to keep your twist? Was a wig option offered? Um, did you have a say in this? What was your A wig option appearance? was offered. Um, I did express that, you know, I don't feel like Reese would have a wig on, truthfully, because if we're looking at the circumstances of the play, the um, the uh, the the livelihood and the the class of these characters. I don't think Reese will be putting on a wig every day. Um, not in the same way that you would see like you know Broadway actors you know have on their wig for this show. I'm just like this not we're not gonna got to be glued yeah. nothing over here. Okay? Yeah, so, yeah. So um, I, I I did have a say and I was listened to. And my opinion and perspective and truth was accepted um, yeah. and fought for. So I, I am endlessly appreciative of Black women and having Black women as directors and writers and hair designers. Because they like, uh-huh, sis, you don't even got to say a word. It was barely a conversation. 
<laughs> I love. He said it was barely a conversation. They already knew. <laughs> Oh, okay. And here's another question, actually, for both of you guys, um, but Alicia in particular, would you ever, would you ever shave your hair for a roll? You know what? You know what? what? And I'm going to be honest because my hair started really making me feel like, hmm, and this ball cap. I said, oh, I'm cute with no hair. It was cute. Hey, let's be real, y'all. Let's be real. I'm not cutting my hair for no roll. I don't even know how much that, how much does that look on the check? You know what I mean? I've been growing this for a long time. But what if you got to name the number? Nah, I'm sorry. (laughs) All of us. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not right now in my life. Maybe later in my maturity. Okay, what if it's not Broadway? What if it's a mo- major motion picture and they're like, here's $20 million. Will you shave your head for this role? You gonna say no? You gonna say no? Gone. <laughs> $20 million. <laughs> Wait, Lorenz said it's gone. The hair is gone. I feel, I feel like in order for me to shave my head. Oh, no, ball. I'm talking about ball. Ball. In order, in order for me to shave my head, ball. When I tell you it has to be on some, like, we are in the end of the world, dystopia, blockbuster, we making at least 50 million. You know, like, I'm not playing with Ty because it took time for this to grow. I want I want all my Natalie Portman coins. I don't want to be played with. Ain't nobody getting more, more money than me. I didn't pay me. And I want the check and it better be clear before I cut my hair. All right. It better be clear. The check it better be clear before the cut, baby. Okay, time out. I can't stand y'all. I can't stand y'all. You said and the check better clear before I cut my hair. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a business one right there. The, the, yes. role, has to, the role has to be so uh, it, like it has to be so in depth, and it, it, the role has to require, require, because I I can do it, but I have yeah. to be so just in sync that I'd be like, you yes. know what, it'll grow back. Because sometimes as a creative, it's like you know you have to weigh your options. Like, what is more important to me right now? But I'm not gonna lie, yeah. like, the other day I'm keeping it. I mean, it- I mean that idea of like a fresh start. That's cute. That's cute when it aligns. But I really want to know, would you cut your hair? You want to ask us, would you cut your hair? Me? You asking me? Uh, yeah. I like what you said about alignment. If I'm in a place in my life where I was already thinking about shaving it, that's one thing. I'd be like, this is convenient. Thank you, Lord, for the 20 mil. Let's go. But also, like, if the person who you're in love with, I mean, and this is a balance because I feel like our life is our life. But if the person who you're in love with isn't attracted to that, what do you do? If you, what do you do? Like, I I don't know, you guys. I think if it was for hella money, I'd be like, you know what? It will grow back. It will grow back. I feel like attraction is fluid. You're going to find a way to be attracted, baby. <laughs> You're gonna have you're gonna find a way because the hair is gonna grow back. It's gonna grow back. You know? And I'm like, if it's not a especially if I decided if it wasn't a permanent thing, I'm like, 
But it's hard though, because I've been growing my hair for a very long time as well. Well, I say a very long time. I went natural in 2018. So I'm like, it's been a few years of being patient. I don't know if I want to start over. But when my friends shave their heads, they look so good. So good. And not just how they look, but their insides. It's like they're liberated. I'm like, oh, that looks good on you. So I don't know. Okay. One other question for you guys. Um, and I know we're going to wrap up soon because I am in tech right now as well. Like y'all are working. I'm in tech. Uh -huh. What are you in tech for? The Britney Spears musical, Once Upon a One More Time. Oh my goodness, that sounds magical. It's at the Shakespeare Theater Co. here oh my, in DC. You know, that is the first theater I ever performed at in my life. Is it really? The first theater I've ever performed at in my life. That's so cool. Yeah. That is 14 playing Friar Lawrence <laughs> in Romeo and Juliet. Yep. See, I don't know enough about nobody Shakespeare. I'm like, to be. <laughs> Or not to be. But that's Shakespeare, boo. That's it right there. That's it. You know something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wait, wait. What was I going to ask you? Oh, yeah. Yes. But, yeah. So, that's why I'm like, we just switched places right now. Um, but I'll be back in New York in January. I want to know, what would you guys say for your personal opinion of somebody because people ask me this and I don't have all the answers to everything, which is why I have this podcast so I can ask the people in the business what they're doing. So if somebody gets their wig fitting and then wants to put in faux locks or wants to put in twists or even a weave, what do you say to them? How do they go about doing that? Do you think that, that you, girl, you already had that expensive ass wig vetting. You cannot go put in faux locks right now. Or is there a place where they could, but maybe advocate for themselves? Is there a middle ground? Do you guys have an opinion on this? I think, I mean, if the person did a wig fitting for the show, yes, that's what you said. Uh -huh. Yeah. And they want to put their hair, I think that, I think that it's a thing of like, oh, well, that's what you want to do with your hair. That's what you want to put your, like, you want to put your hair away in this type of way. But at the same time, it is the, like, yes, you should have that liberation over your hair. Like, go ahead and get the faux locks. But it's the thing of knowing that you're going to have to take it out soon. Like, it's not going to, it won't be in as long as you want the, as you, as long as you want them to be in because, Unless you unless you could bring somebody else in and go, or you can recommend someone that can flatten flat your hair down with the faux locks and to put the wig in. Oh. Unless you can do that, unless you can recommend somebody, but I don't think you. I don't think unless you can do that. But if you can't, then I think you should keep your hair in the wig prep that they already got for the measurements of your wig. I, I do think you should keep it that way. I, yeah, I think realistically, when you sign on to do a show, you commit yourself. Uh, to a service you know you Damn. are in an act of service um so although yeah. we love a faux lock we love a we love a look the truth is you now have to consider this new part of you um so it's a couple styles i'm like girl i might want to give me some bundles but realistically reesey doesn't have bundles 
You know what I'm saying? So right, um, right. You know, you you have to wait, baby. Maybe add it to your, you know, your your hair wish list. Um, but at the moment, make sure that you are um, that you are being responsible and being considerate of the production and the people that also have to work with you. Because although you want to change your hair now, your hair is not just about you. Now other people are somewhat responsible for how you look on stage. Right. And it's, it's people's money. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Definitely. definitely. But also like just talking for me, I be having to go out into the world and I don't want to always wear straight backs. And I mean, you got callbacks. You got to go do this. You got to go do that. Yep. I mean, you you know what I mean? You got to be able to. Yes. They're not paying for you for the whole rest of your exactly. way. They pay for when you go up on stage and when you come up in the theater. But the thing is that I think when if you're able to if you're able to finesse it like if you're able to crochet a forelocks in the, into the wig prep something like that uh, then you could if you're able to be nifty like that you know we are very creative if yes. you're able to do something like that then that could work because you do you are called to have to do other things outside of what the I mean you are definitely in service I love this you guys but if you're able to flip it and make it make it work boo make it work. Make I love this. The best thing about being a black woman is that we always going to find a way to make it work, boo. Make it work. We're going to find a way because I don't even know if y'all saw Alicia yesterday. Yesterday night we had opening. It was our opening night and Alicia stepped out, child. Plum grew up. Period. Plum and grow up. That's the thing. I was like, how old is this girl? And then I'm looking through your Instagram, Alicia. I'm like, oh, she is grown. She's grown. She ain't no little girl. On stage, I was like, oh, this little girl. No, you's grown. You're all the way grown. I will be 23 in December. Oh, my gosh. Still young, but grown, too. But wait, one one last thing for Devil's Advocate. If you're in a long-running show, if you're in a show that accidentally ran for seven years, you thought... And I'm saying it was supposed to run a year. You were like, all right, I can be bald for a year or I can wear straight backs for a year. And they're like, <laughs> seven years and you making that paper. Then do you not change your hair? Are you still in that? We're going to have to Like a show that you love. You know, if I'm making cheddar, I'm having somebody make me a faux lock wig. Okay. I'm going to make it work. Because you're not going to take me with you on this ride. You already got me for seven years. You're not going to take all of me? Oh. Damn it. No. Why would be doing that, though? They're like, just eight days a week. Just eight. This. It ain't nothing but seven in it. Oh. <laughs> eight days. That was a Freudian slip, but I think my soul meant what I said. No, you meant it. You meant it. <laughs> Because that's what it gives. That's really what it gives. That's what it is. Eight days a week. Y'all know what's up. You guys know what's up. Truly. I literally could talk to you for hours. You guys are so much fun. You're so beautiful. You're so talented. I love the show. I'm so glad I realized... Kuladwata was colored water. It's pronounced colored water. Colored water. Colored water. My roommate, my best friend was saying, could have, would have. And I said, no, stop reading something. Could have, would have. 
You guys are so wonderful. Um, for people who are listening, how can they find? How can they find you? How can they follow you, Loren? You, you first. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Love Evolves, or you can type in my name, Loren. It's spelled Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, F Walker. Um, and my Instagram handle is Love Evolves, L-O-V-E-V-O-L-V-Z. Love that. And if, and for you, Alicia. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram right now is a tribe called Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A. You can also look me up, A-L-I-C-I-A. Hillborn. Love that. You guys, thank you for coming onto the show. Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Honestly, I might air this on the Salisha show as well because we just talked about so many great things. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. <laughs> Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.